Hey, it's Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder, and you are at the Essential Sessions podcast, the place to explore sensuality by sensing pleasure through your senses, guided by the top mind movement experts. And today we have a very special guest. This is Ruta Kavaliauskinere from Lithuania. Welcome, Ruta. Such a pleasure to have you here. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for inviting me. I was looking forward to our meeting. I was looking forward to. So tell us a little bit about your background. I know that you're a psychologist, but how did you become interested on something so so meaningful as as the mind, but at the same time, like so intangible? Because I mean, if I get a finger fracture, it's like a bone, it's there, but the mind is like, where exactly is the mind? So yeah, for me, it's fascinating the work that you do, including the compassion practices and meditation. So, so yeah, how, how did all that interest and wonders that you're doing um, came to being? Good question. Good question. Um, yeah, while you were talking about asking me, I was thinking <laughs> intensely. Um, and I was thinking about the word mind that you mentioned. Some people and some researchers, even neurologists, um, try to not use the word mind because sometimes it gets confusing. As you said, what is mind? Uh, we have the brain, the organ. We can research it. We can touch it, poke it. <laughs> but the mind is a more complicated phenomenon. And I think the most true answer is I came to psychology from my own suffering. Uh, I didn't realize it back then. But now when I look back, I think that's what it was. Because psychology was not the first thing that I studied. At first, I studied business administration and management, which is kind of not related. <laughs> um, and then I started working at a local cardiology clinic. Um, and I was working there for a few years, but I was always interested in what was happening in the, in the room where the card cardiologist worked with her patients. Um, and the walls were not super um, soundproof. <laughs> and I would hear some stuff that they talked about. Uh, and it was very interesting to me that so many young people came, uh, well, very young and relatively young, um, and they would tell to the cardiologist that they feel pains in their chest or they have increased heart rate. And the cardiologist would not find anything that's wrong with their heart organically or with their, or yeah and then those people would kind of not have any answers because there's no medicine that they should be using there are no procedures that need to be done but they're still suffering and so the cardiologist would refer them to a psychologist and that was when i realized what what a psychologist could do 
and I actually saw like a potential target market that a psychologist could target and work with. And so since I was always interested in psychology, I decided to go back to university and finish a psychology degree. So I did that uh, while working at the clinic. And then I went to the Netherlands, got my uh, master's degree, came back to the same clinic, but already worked as a psychologist. And so I started working with um, kind of this population of younger people that um, have issues with their physical sensations that feel a lot of intense sensations, but there are, there are no kind of organic reasons for that. So we would work with that. It's called health anxiety if we want to attach a diagnosis to it but I mostly worked with anxiety. And I think that's not a surprise to me because I was suffering from health anxiety even before going to study psychology. Uh, I knew that and I think I was trying to understand my own suffering and then to kind of help other people understand theirs along the way. So that's kind of my story. That's that's your story, and ah, I get the chills because, <laughs> in a way, it's also the story of all of us, of everyone. Like, like yeah, I know what it is to be heartbroken. Like, I've really felt <laughs> my heart, like the the physical organ, I felt it breaking, and then. A good friend of mine that he's a brain surgeon, he told me like, ah, oh, don't worry, the, the the heart doesn't have pain innervations. It's innerved by the vagus nerve just to, to create the heartbeat and the rhythm and the metabolic. But the, there's no like, like, I could bite your heart and you wouldn't, wouldn't feel the bite because you would have, a, have a other symptoms. Yeah. Not like the pain, but it's, <laughs> it was so like it was relieving and also like like strange for me like ah okay I'm not gonna die from a heart attack that's good I mean my dad had a heart attack and he ended up with a heart transplant and he lived mm. 13 years which is twice the average even more but but still it's like like a fear that runs along the family mm -hmm. and heart diseases. So it was like, ah, okay, I am not really dying, but I am actually metaphorically dying because, I mean, it's relieving to know that I have nothing really going on physically, but yeah. I could swear it's real, my, my heartbreak sensation. And mm. that, that was like um like a big big wedge that I had in my very strict scientific thinking. I, I am a biologist. So I was like, no, emotions don't exist and I don't there's no I I don't even exist. I am just like a mm. a random phenomena of evolution happening here 
acknowledging stuff and operating according to my genes and that's it like I was super cold in that sense so and at the same time mm. I've always been a dancer so I, I trained I trained my subjectivity but that that was in a closet and that heartbreak was like the first time like I questioned not science but the how far are the reaches of science because mm. you cannot prove and test um the truth of someone else like because that person feels what it's feeling and you feel what you're feeling even though the world may tell you that you're wrong or want to gaslight you that you're too emotional or whatever it's your it's your reality and you're experiencing really physically and Another another time that I had like this big confrontation of yeah with with health anxiety or feeling that I was going crazy was when I had a ghost mm -hmm. in the house like like a ghost a ghost and I was like I am gonna go and make myself like brain scans I'm gonna and I went with a neurologist and he told me no your brain it's perfectly fine you're not schizophrenic you're not hallucinating like like somatically you you're good to go <laughs> so so I went mm -hmm. with, with a psychologist and a shaman <laughs> mm -hmm. the psychologist mm -hmm. said like well you could be like You're ex you could be somewhere making it up like like a dream, but that doesn't cancel uh, the realness of of your experience. So his advice was like, stop questioning the experience scientifically and stop questioning me like if I'm crazy or I'm not crazy. He said like, what in whatever cognitive domain, the event is happening, just solve it there. Like if it's your imagination, imagine the ghost disappearing or whatever. And, and I went with a shaman and I did the rituals and prayed to Jesus Lord. I never went to church before, <laughs> but I did the homework and I ended up moving from that house. Like, I, I don't want to think anymore, but okay. like there, there are things that science um cannot yet explain and may never explain because it's it's a limited method and we are complex beings and complex systems and most of nature is so so yeah it it has been a great relief i think what you're saying is very yeah mm, i yeah I also had my brain scans done and haven't found anything interesting <laughs> and was sent home. Um, but what you're saying is um, very reson resonates with me a lot because I often think that, well, I think that we have our internal reality and then we have the outside reality. 
And those oftentimes are very different. And we all experience that. We always have like anxious stories running through our head and scenarios and things that we are afraid of. But most of the things don't happen in reality. And most of the things are not based on facts of reality or like the rules that we have like for us and for our work to always be perfect and to for everybody to like us this is not how the physics of reality and relationships work <laughs> and i think we are always in this constant battle between what is real inside of us like the stories we create the thoughts we have the rules and the assumptions and then the truth yes and i think it's important to understand that in some way there's no reality around us we're kind of not sure because everything comes in through the five senses right um reality is created by our brain through collecting information through our senses i don't really know that this stuff around me exists <laughs> because my brain creates it. This could be like zeros and ones. And <laughs> if you understand what I mean, and like sometimes people argue about whether this color is green or I don't know, blue, but actually for some people it could seem blue <laughs> and there's no reason in arguing that. Um, and also what you said about emotions, I also have a scientific side of me that wants to use scientifically based tools and tools that are based on research and wants to teach those. But I do work with a shaman too. I do draw a tarot card from time to time. And I also have the parts that know that the spiritual world is important to our mind or might be important or might be useful. I don't really know how the things work and my scientific parts uh, are ashamed <laughs> of me like drawing a tarot card. And sometimes I don't even want to share that on my Instagram because I don't know, my patients could start getting scared of me, <laughs> but like, but when we talk about emotions, I think oftentimes we forget that emotions are an emotions are an evolutionary motivator. It's the main motivator of a homo sapiens emotions tells, tell us whether that person is safe or not safe, whether we should go towards them or run away. And emotions get triggered by anything and everything, by colors, by sounds, tone of voices. And then when my clients would come and not understand why are they having a panic attack when they're driving home and nothing is happening, but then when we try to unpack the situation, we find specific triggers that reminded them of a very scary situation from their past. 
and then everything comes into a beautiful puzzle because our brains don't really know that the things or our bodies don't know that the things we're thinking about are not actually happening in real time. If I would talk about beautiful yellow lemons now, and I would tell you that I bring a basket of lemons here and start slicing them and the juices are getting on my face and I put some lemon in my water, <laughs> our mouth starts to feel lemon there's yeah. no lemon here <laughs> there's no lemon here but so, we are experiencing yeah. it so that's kind of real but not true and so we need to understand that when we were growing up we were collecting like ideas about us about people about the world and those ideas became our worldview and we see the current reality around us through the lens of that worldview. And we, if we want to live like a conscious life, um, we need to know what that word worldview is. We need to ask ourselves is, do we like it? Does it serve us? Are there any things that we want to keep and develop anything that we want to change? um and so and do that if we want to and i think that. that's very important yeah yeah you mentioned how we abide by certain rules that are connected to certain stories of stuff that happened in the past that somehow marked us so we sort of anchor the current experience after a trigger to that, say, background. And it's it's as if, in a way, we are trying to stay safe from a survival perspective. Like, okay, I've, may I see, maybe I have seen this situation before and maybe it was dangerous. So I'd rather hmm. get my guard up and and prepare for danger or or take action in some way but the real thing is that what happened in the past it's not happening in the present and yeah as i understood after what you said is is that if we don't apply the conscious discernment we're gonna get hooked in the past experience and bring the past to the present only to relieve the past like like your patient that had a panic attack while driving and there was nothing going on and I see the same setup uh, working with my mentoring clients on sensuality and pleasure. Like they cannot understand how they finally made bank, went to vacations, they are in the Bahamas with their babe. And it's like, and now what? Like, 
I I want to get back to work, to get back into the loop. Like, I don't know what to do with the, these vacations. I don't know what to do mm -hmm. with, with my guy or my woman in in the bedroom. I don't know what to mm -hmm. do in the beach. I don't know what to do with with these like exotic fruits uh, and delicious food because somehow they lost the the essential touch with reality like they they for they cannot be in the pleasure of of the present they and and it's like instead of enjoying their vacations they get terrible anxiety they they like like <laughs> like they get afraid of pleasure as as if it was a mm -hmm. a menace somehow like like is this a, as good as it gets like i worked so hard to be here in the bahamas now i am here in the bahamas and i am not feeling anything and i want to run to my 80 hour work week so so mm -hmm. i feel that in general in society western society we became numb like we we lost touch with our sensations and we only pay attention to this subjective re reality of of the body and experiences when there's pain like ah, okay i feel my heart breaking i'm gonna go with the cardiologist because i am afraid i'm gonna die but if it wasn't because something like like really strong is happening in the body as pain i don't pay attention to to the body so so yeah uh and even sometimes, even then, sorry, I uh, interrupted, but in the clinic, we would have people who would come with their um, uh, rhythm, heart rhythm uh, dysregulated completely, and they would need to go to the hospital to have it um, fixed. And they would not feel it because they're so disconnected from their bodies. And yeah, it, I, I um, interrupted you. Continue, and I have some notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we, I feel that we've been taught that pleasure is a product. That you you buy the iPhone and and you get the pleasure of the iPhone. And yes, it's pleasurable. But as soon as you get it, you you go for the next shiny new object and so on mm. and it's like yeah one experience it's never never enough but actually the problem runs deeper in in what we were saying about the mind that and the the experience of of this health anxiety like we don't know what to do with with the with the experience of the body like like that so i i i wonder what's your take on that 
you said about yeah those people who are on vacation and they don't know how to do vacation right <laughs> like i think all of us are those people often uh and every day in our experiences um like today with my therapist i had a call with my therapist and we talked about me uh, of course <laughs> <laughs> and i remembered that even recently a few years ago if it would be summer and it would be sunny and i had all of my work done and i wanted to go and lay in the sun which i really like i would feel this guilt that i'm not doing something in the middle of the day while most of the people are working you're not supposed to be sunbathing at like 2 p.m <laughs> what kind of a person are you <laughs> um yeah and i think the problem is that most of us uh go through our lives um looking at our lives through our parts who are basically just in survival mode they're just they have like we have learned to look at other people to see what they need and want uh to try and get things um to try and live according to the rules of the that our family had that the society has you have to be successful you have to have a this kind of job that kind of salary and we're always just trying to tick those boxes to kind of fit in in the society and then we have other parts of us who kind of understand that this is not living <laughs> and they always kind of try to tell us in all of different ways like you need to stop you need to pay attention we need to rest and if we don't listen and if we don't stop and rest and do pleasurable experiences and play enough then the body starts sending more signals um, through eventually heart attacks um, and we can base it by science and and i think it's it's a big problem that we were raised like that i think a lot of us raise our children like that um but i think we need to start re-educating us and understanding that we can build our own lives we can live our lives however we want if we are not doing any harm to other people and we can mm, like we are usually trying to like as you said we're looking outside for everything <laughs> we're constantly just looking outside every day like uh both like practically and metaphorically we're looking for pleasure from outside we're looking for feeling important from outside sources but actually we need to stop and start looking inside of us because who feels the pleasure we do our bodies do um and if we get like a i don't know a new car um a new watch that is fun and satisfactory but very short-lived 
And I think we need to teach ourselves to actually embody the pleasure and to actually experience it and kind of prolong it and find different ways of experiencing pleasure and differentiating reward from pleasure and things like that. And I think a problem is that we, I don't know, we don't get taught that. We have no idea about those things. <laughs> yeah, actually, I feel that we we get taught out of pleasure. Like we've been educated to go for for pain. Like if there's no pain, there's no gain. And yeah, it's a very important difference, the reward than the pleasure. Like I mean, it's great to work and then to get paid, not to get paid without working. <laughs> but yeah, but we we confuse, we we are very confused in that the reward is is the, is the pleasure. Well, actually, the pleasure should be the journey, like the pleasure that you get. Say say the pleasure in working, doing what you do. Because the delight, especially during effort, is what sustains the effort. If if you're in a diet that you're yeah. not enjoying it, you're going to abandon it. If you're working a, a job yeah. that you hate, you're not going to go to the, you're not going to climb the corporate ladder. So, so I feel it's very important to acknowledge like, the pleasure that you are experiencing moment by moment doing anything that you're doing. Like the pleasure washing the dishes tells you like how well are you washing dishes and also the take it to taking it to 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 intimacy. Like people is also often freaked out that they don't know what to do on intimacy because they haven't practiced intimacy with themselves. Like how, how are you gonna feel pleasure with your partner if you don't feel pleasure with yourself by washing the dishes, taking a shower, eating, working, etc. So it has to do with, with with yeah, how we relate with our rules and and our past experiences. And I think what you're saying is very important. Like we usually are educated to think that and behave as if success is most important, like the goals that we reach. But we reach a goal and we are happy for a short time and then we need another goal to reach and other successes. And I think we're not taught to take pleasure in the process, what you're saying, because I think the process is most important, um, not the goals, not the successes, but to really be satisfied by the process of doing things. Yes. And it's this process that will lead to the great the great reward. Okay, should um, we do a practice together? Yeah. Yes, let's let's do a practice to 
to connect with pleasure and and keep this wonderful experience present in everything we do beyond the reward and as a process. Yeah, so for the people who are listening, um, if you can stop wherever you are and just um, give yourself like 10 or 15 minutes for the practice, that would be awesome. If you're driving or doing something else, you can just listen through it um, and then maybe get back to it when when you can and um, do the practice when you can kind of sit still and not be distracted for 10 or 15 minutes. We'll see how long this will will take. Okay, so we can try and sit comfortably. It's best to have our feet on the both feet on the floor. Um, and we can straighten our spine um, and close our eyes if that feels comfortable. And if we're sitting on a chair, as I said, let's put both our feet on the ground. That we feel grounded. Our spine is straight. Our neck is in line with our spine. And our abdominal muscles are easily activated. Just enough to keep our posture. We can place our hands on our thighs, palms down or palms up. Let's try to see what feels more comfortable now. And we can allow our hands to gently relax. We don't need to be holding them. They can just be resting on our thighs. And let's take a few breaths and collect our attention with our in-breath and bring it back to our bodies and kind of come back home to our bodies and just check what what's the weather at this moment inside our bodies what we find when we pay attention to our bodies. And maybe we can gently scan our bodies from head to toe and see if there are any visible tensions, any muscles that are tense, that don't need to be tense right now. Maybe we can allow them to relax a little. The only muscles that need to be active now are those that help us keep our posture straight. We can relax our head, the muscles of our head, and neck and shoulders. We can relax our jaw, which is oftentimes very tense and clenched, and we don't even notice that. And we can relax our lower body. We can relax our pelvic floor. 
the muscles in our legs. And let's allow ourselves to calm down and settle down now in this space, in this time for this short practice. And now let's scan our bodies and see if we can find any pleasant sensations. Can we find something that feels pleasant? It can be an intense sensation of pleasure, such as the warmth of the sun on our skin, or the breath of a fresh air. Or it can be very subtle, like the contact of air on our skin, or pleasant contact of our clothes on our skin. Or maybe we can feel how relaxed our shoulders are, or the warm palms. Or maybe we can feel the gentle swaying of our body from our breath. Any pleasurable sensations that we can find. We can choose one and just try to pay attention to that. And if it's difficult for us to find any pleasurable sensations, maybe we can bring to our consciousness the absence of intense unpleasurable sensations, unpleasant sensations. Maybe there's absence of sharp pain, absence of a headache, Maybe we can register absence of hunger or thirst. Maybe we are not cold or not hot. Maybe we feel completely fine in this moment without any sharp pains or discomfort and can we allow to register that and experience that and if there are any parts of us that say it's not important we can tell them it is important it is important that I'm not feeling any sharp pain right now or sharp discomfort, that I'm not very hungry, I don't have a headache, 
I don't have intense anxiety. And if our mind wanders into thought or daydreaming or hears any sounds, just gently take it back to the sensations of pleasure in our bodies. Maybe we can feel expansive inside. Maybe we feel like there's space inside of us today. Maybe we feel lighter today. Maybe we feel grounded. And now we can take a deeper breath and focus our attention on breathing for a moment. Our breath is always here. It's always waiting to be noticed. We can always use our breath as an anchor to ground ourselves and we can acknowledge the uh, pleasure of breathing and let's allow our breath to sway us gently from side to side as it always does it expands us sways us a little it, the breath massages our organs inside of us and we can gently start moving our fingers and our neck and we can take another deeper breath and open our eyes gently Welcome back to Earth. <laughs> Welcome back to Earth with a smile with all the body. Mm. <laughs> Loving this treasure of pleasure experience. <laughs> you point out something tremendously important that has to do with gratitude mm. by noticing the absence of extreme pain, notice the absence mm. of hunger, of thirst, like, like, wow, we are in glory already, like, our, our belly is full, mm. we are hydrated, we, like, there is so much beauty in our lives that we take for granted, starting with our life itself, like 
we are alive now. Even even if there's illness, as long as you're alive, like you are here, this is a gift. And that's that's a baseline for the experience of pleasure. Like, but not gratitude, like to try to comply with your journal and and be cool on Instagram, but but a felt sensed gratitude like like i acknowledge how good i feel and how much of this is a gift and how much this is also the outcome of my merit and my hard work and etc but i mean life itself it's the gift like and also pleasure is a gift like you don't have to earn pleasure. It's it's your birthright. It's it's our birthright. Yeah, yourself. you're right. Yeah. And I think we're so used to like life is hard and being a human being is not easy. And growing up is not easy and being a parent is not easy. Um and I think there are so many hard experiences and we learn to try to really survive with the, with our, with our environment, with, with the people that raise us, with the people we live with as adults, with the people we work with. And it's very normal that we get into the survival mode, but I think it's very important to consciously start developing or strengthening your kind of healthy adult or capital s self or your insightful being or your good mother father figure that would tell you everything is fine now you don't need to go anywhere you don't need to do anything you can have a bubble bath if you want to you can watch a movie you can eat ice cream or have a cup of tea. You can lay in the sun. You can just stop and breathe for a moment. Everything is fine and you are safe. And neurologically speaking, this is our frontal lobe telling our amygdala to chill, to calm down. No fires to be extinguished now. And actually, your life is pretty awesome. <laughs> and I think uh, we, but we need to sadly we need to make conscious effort yes. to re-educate ourselves and to change our brains so that they become a more friendly place to live and so that our bodies become a more pleasurable place <laughs> yes yes it's very important to to take agency on oneself like to assume maturity and like really see reality as the adult that you are like objectively and give yourself permission if you need to to, to give yourself permission but like to have this this grown-up scope and and delight into pleasure. So Ruta, tell us how can we learn more, work with you, know what you're doing, 
Um, currently, most of my material is in Lithuanian. I currently work mostly with um, Lith fellow Lithuanians. Um, in the future, I might start getting um, a bit more worldwide. But at the moment, um, you can find me on Instagram at um, my name, last name, <laughs> dot LT. Um, and we can um, get in touch over there. If you guys have any questions, you can uh, message me in English. I can give you resources. And if you like the practice that I gave, uh, and if you like my uh, view, on a person as made up of parts you can check out internal family systems therapy um, by richard schwartz um, and my meditation teachers are tara brack and jack cornfield you can check them out if you want to do similar practices those you can trust those people <laughs> You can trust those people. So go follow Ruta Kavaleuskinere.lt on Instagram. Get in touch. She has some awesome meditations in Lithuanian, but like maybe maybe eventually she'll she'll be doing some stuff in English. Thank you so much, Ruta. Thank you so much, Candia, for inviting me. It was a very pleasurable experience uh, usually i'm a bit anxious for these but i i almost wasn't <laughs> so i'm saying hi to all of your listeners and i'm very thankful for your work that you're doing i think it's very very important for for a lot of people and collectively for 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 us so i will hopefully see you around and have a nice rest of the day. Thank you, Ruta. Your words mean a lot to me. And thank you, Sensualist, for being here at the Sensual Sessions podcast. If you haven't subscribed already to the Sensual emails, go to www.centraldepoder.com where you will get one weekly email with these episodes some behind the scenes stories and until next time remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share the flame